Chapter 31 of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Francis Wicks. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Lull. Part 3 The Evidences of Evolution. Section 3 Paleontology. Chapter 31b Beaked Dinosaurs and Origin of Birds. Ceratopsia. The horned dinosaurs, or ceratopsia, are as far as we know exclusively North American, and more than that their remains come entirely from the eastern uplift of the Rocky Mountain region, from Alberta to New Mexico. That they lived within these narrow limits, however, is hardly to be supposed, but their source and origin are alike unknown. Their geologic range is also brief in extent, as they are confined exclusively to the Upper Cretaceous period. The degree of their evolution, when they first appear, is, however, indicative of an origin not later than the Comanchian. Triceratops is a late Cretaceous member of the group, but is the best known and may be taken as typical. It was a huge creature of rhinoceran aspect from 20 to 25 feet in length, of which from one quarter to one third consisted of the great head, for whereas in all other dinosaurs the head is small, here the reverse is true. This is due partly to the great expansion of the cranial roof for the support of the horns, but particularly to the backward extension of the rear of the skull into a widely expanded frill or crest for the protection of the neck and also for the attachment of the powerful muscles of the back of the neck, giving this group of animals tremendous prowess, correlated with their armament and the great bulk and power of the enemies which they were called upon to withstand. One triceratops skull in the Yale collection measures eight feet overall and that of the allied Taurosaurus eight and a half feet, making the latter the largest known skull of a land animal. The skeleton of Triceratops mounted in the United States National Museum gives evidence of enormous strength, especially in the great forelimbs and shoulders. But the armament was the most striking thing, for the mouth was armed anteriorly with a sharp-cutting beak like that of a turtle, and the nose and portion of the skull above the eyes bore huge horns, three in number, hence the name Triceratops, three-horned face. Ceratopsia are known from three geologic levels, the Judith River, Belly River, then the Edmonton, and finally the Lance. In the Judith River forms, the nasal horn was always the dominant one, straight or curved, either forward or backward, while the frontal horns above the eyes range from mere rudiments to fairly well-developed organs. The principal Judith River genera were Monoclonius and Ceratops. Another was Styracosaurus, which was marvelously spinescent, having a huge straight nasal horn and at least eight more horn-like processes around the margin of the frill. The crest in all of these earlier types was incomplete in that it was penetrated by two large apertures, one on either side. In lance forms, the frontal horns were predominant and were very long in the latter types, while the nasal tended to reduce, becoming entirely obsolete in one genus, Diceratops. Triceratops and Diceratops both had a completely bony frill with no trace of the ancestral apertures. In Taurosaurus, on the other hand, while the horns were like those of Triceratops, the two apertures still persisted in the immensely expanded crest. That these horns and the defensive frill were put to actual use is highly evident, for broken and healed horns, broken jaws, and punctured crests are not unusual with these skulls. And these are the deep grievous wounds, doubtless few compared with the many superficial injuries which the creatures must have suffered in the combats of rival males or in defense against their arch-enemy, the tyrant Saurian. Summary as in the history of nations, the members of various human races intermingle, 
so the dinosaurs are interwoven not alone with the various types of their own stock but with the other kinds of animals and plants which together with physical conditions go to make up the environing complex a summary of the changing life conditions with their influence on the success of dinosaurian societies is necessary to an understanding of their evolution the first relics of dinosaurian life are found in the early mesozoic mid-triassic rocks of central europe though as they appear shortly after in those of north america one is led to infer that the initial evolution occurred in what may have been an inectant landmass lying across the north atlantic ancestrally the dinosaurs were quadrupeds remotely related to the crocodiles but the increasing aridity of climate clearly indicated by the character of the geologic sediments placed a high premium on ability to travel rapidly and far in search of food and drink and may well have been the impelling force that raised these creatures erect from the prone gait and posture of their progenitors and stimulated their rapid evolution into the several types the so-called continental rocks include such as are formed by stream-borne and lake-borne sediment or by sands and volcanic ash carried by the winds in contrast to marine deposits these are extremely scarce and yet they alone with rare exceptions contain the remains of terrestrial animals we are given however aside from scattered records three or four vivid pictures of the environment both physical and organic wherein the dinosaurs dwelt fortunately for us these glimpses are given in the early stages in the middle and at the close of the dinosaurian career showing the race in the period of its youth its full maturity and in its extreme old age triassic the first of these pictures is of great interest for the scene is laid in what is now the connecticut valley the time late triassic here one must image a broad valley rimmed by environing uplands of older rocks in its climate and sparse vegetation similar to the conditions to be seen today by the traveller through the semi-arid regions of the great southwest the plant life is sombre huge scouring rushes ferns and pines with no flowering plant to break the monotony of the dull dust-covered greens here and there are dry stream beds carrying at times great floods while occasionally there are formed extensive bodies of water with characteristic insects and other invertebrates fishes and crocodile-like reptiles in the connecticut valley deposits skeletons are extremely rare and the few which have been found are largely those of dinosaurs and in but three or four localities the footprints however for which this region is justly famous are numberless and indicate hosts of creatures of more than a hundred kinds a fuller record of vertebrate life than in any other time and place in the geologic past the dinosaurs are mainly carnivorous though impressions of the feet of herbivores give indubitable evidence of their presence at this time comanchian during the long jurassic period the second division of the reptilian age the known fossil bearing rocks are so largely of marine origin that except for rare instances where the animal has accidentally been carried into the sea the record of terrestrial life is almost a blank at the close of the jurassic however at the time when the long drawn-out cretaceous comanchian plus cretaceous had its beginning we have another glimpse of well nigh the entire assemblage of dinosaurian life the scenes are laid along the eastern united states from maryland southward but more notably in wyoming colorado and utah and in the old world in southern england and northern france and belgium in contrast with the aridity of the former scene the climate is now moist and the eye ranges over an extensive low-lying country with misty bayous in which the huge seropoda now in the flower of their evolution find retreat in europe and western america the vegetation though far from luxuriant 
is of the same monotonous type as that of the trias but in central and eastern america appear representatives of the flowering plants the dominant flora of today here are predentate dinosaurs armored and unarmored and while the former are still relatively few stegosaurus already shows the senile grotesqueness which heralds its extinction carnivores small and large now in their millennium of numbers and differentiation ceaselessly seek their prey late cretaceous time ushers in the third and last scene of much the same geographic extent as before but with the sharp contrast of an essentially modernized flora for the forests now contain many familiar trees and plants though often in unfamiliar combinations again our record is of low-lying country stretches of everglade and swamplands with higher areas between but the denizens have changed for while the carnivores are now in their maximum of size the sauropoda have run their course and died without issue unarmored dinosaurs are in their prime only in rare cases showing indications of degeneracy while the relatively few heavily armed types are represented by the most impregnable of their race the horned dinosaurs apparently exclusively american begin and end their brief evolutionary career thus it will be seen that the law of the balance of nature was as operative during the mesozoic as it is today and that as the carnivores grew and waxed mighty the herbivores were forced to meet the menace of their aggression in several ways either by increase in numbers for the remains of carnivores are very rare compared with those of the herbivorous orders or by speed or by increase of bulk which also meant a partial forsaking of the territorial habitat as with the sauropoda and the trachodonti or it meant the development of armament either of defensive armor as in the stegosaurs or of aggressive armor and weapons as in the ceratopsians the lack of brain power placed a premium upon brutality and never perhaps before nor since has the animal world felt to so great an extent the burden of preparedness extinction one of the most inexplicable of events is the dramatic extinction of this mighty race for in the rocks of undoubted tertiary age not a single trace of them remains one student has argued internecine warfare among the dinosaurs themselves another the destructive slaughter not of adults but of the young possibly while yet in the egg by small bloodthirsty mammals yet another change of climate either by the diminution of the necessary heat without which no reptilian race may thrive or of the moisture with an accompanying change of vegetation these are all conjectural causes of extinction but this we know that with the extensive changes in the elevation of land areas which marked the close of the mesozoic came the draining of the great inland cretaceous seas along the low-lying shores of which the dinosaurs had their home and with the consequent restriction of old haunts came the blotting out of a heroic race their career was not a brief one for the duration of their recorded evolution was thrice that of the entire mammalian age they do not represent a futile attempt on the part of nature to people the world with creatures of insignificant moment but are comparable in majestic rise slow culmination and dramatic fall to the greatest nations of antiquity end of chapter thirty one b recording by francis wicks